Uh, Matthew chapter 6 then, um, I'll read all the way through verse uh, 15, but we'll just be focusing on uh, verses 5 through 8 this evening. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, beginning at verse 5, hear the word of God. Jesus says, and when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. I pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, let your name be kept holy. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you, uh, forgive your trespasses. The grass withers and the flower fades. The scripture says that the word of the Lord uh, endures forever. I think that the older I get and the more that I start to, to get a handle on things and learn things, uh, the more I realize that, that learning is more than just knowing what something is. Right, at first you begin to figure something out, you're trying to, it's more than just knowing what something is. There's a lot more to it, a lot more to it. Uh, and one of the aspects that I've begun to realize more and more is that it's not just knowing what something is, it's, it's also very important to know what something is not. And there has to be that contrast there. You have to know what something is, is not to be able to begin to understand it. Um, fun having kids, kind of watching kids learn as they're like figuring out the world and especially like as they start to talk and they're like, you're telling them words for different things. Um, and, and their first words tend to be like, they, they figure that out, but it's also to them like just a whole category, right? So if there's a dog in the neighborhood, like for us, we have the kids out walking and different people have dogs and they're like petting the dog, it's like a soft furry animal thing. And you're telling them dog, right? So they're looking at it and they're learning the word, they're excited. They, our kids would like to keep someone else walking, the, uh, walking their dog in the neighborhood and they'd be like, dog, dog, right? They're like, all right, they're getting it. They're understanding what a dog is. And then you're on I-10 and they're driving, you know, past through Live Oak or something and there's these fences and these other, other four-footed creatures out there and you hear a little voice from the back that's like, Dog, like, well, you know, you can't. actually, this is one of the uh, different bovine creature of animal that uh, has, <coughs> and, and you eventually have to realize, no, you got to say to him something along the lines of, not dog, right? Cow, not dog. Like, oh, okay, they're figuring this out. This is this is different somehow. Um, um, maybe this doesn't happen uh, as often as it happens to me, just traveling out of state, talking to people from other places. But when I talk to people from other places in the, in the U.S. and tell them I'm from Tallahassee, um, I can't tell you how many times I've gotten people who have looked and said, oh, oh, so you're like with the Gators, right? You're a Gator fan. I try to compose yourself, pause for a few seconds, give them a chance to redeem themselves or take that back, give them the scowl or something. And you have to say, no, 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 not, not haters, the Seminoles. It's very important to make these distinctions, right? Um, 
you have to, to know what something is, it's very important to know what it's not. Prayer is a simple thing uh, to be able to begin to know what it is. It's talking with God, it's communicating with God, somehow expressing ourselves beyond ourselves to someone, someone beyond us, above us. But we might be surprised at times, I think we would lean from this passage, we might be surprised to find out that sometimes we're not praying, and we're thinking uh, that we're praying. Now Jesus begins, as he's teaching on the Sermon on the Mount, as he begins this topic of prayer, uh, the first thing he, he starts with is to help us understand what it's not. Uh, when you pray, so we have this idea of what prayer is, but he's, but he's telling us what it's not. That's what we're going to be looking at tonight. Uh, particularly, Jesus is showing us how not to pray. And that's part of understanding what prayer is, is to understand uh, what prayer is not, to understand how not to pray. And he gives two examples before he ever uh, mentions the Lord's Prayer that we talked about so much. He gives uh, two examples to us, two warnings for us. Uh, the hypocrites, uh, he says first, and then the empty, uh, empty phrases of the Gentiles, the pagan peoples. Um, uh, two examples that are, that are trying to either impress others or trying to uh, impress God. I think what Jesus has shown us through uh, this passage is his prayer is not to impress anyone. That's, that's not what it's about. Uh, he's helping us know what prayer is not. Right? It's one thing for the little kids to look at the cow and say, you know, dog, but, uh, but you'd look pretty foolish if you saw orange and blue and you were like, hey, the Seminoles, right? Um, everyone would turn on you. Uh, you really wouldn't be able to live it down. We would probably force you to transfer uh, to U.S. Um, but, um, uh, but when we turn these kind of things to prayer, I think we need to recognize that it's easy for us to be confused. Uh, it's easy for us uh, to be foolish here, too, and not understanding what prayer is not. Uh, and, and to come recognizing that, asking Jesus to teach us. Asking to teach us what prayer is and what prayer is not. Uh, that's what he's, what he's doing here. Um, so the first point, then, um, that, that prayer is not to impress others. It gives this example, uh, example in the first, uh, first few verses, that prayer is not to impress others. All right, typically, if you want to learn something, what do you do? Uh, you, you find, find someone who does it really well. Either someone who knows it really well, and so they've written the textbook on it, or someone who uh, understands it and does it well so that you can... Um, you can find them. Uh, someone who's impressively competent in, in, in whatever it is you're wanting to learn. And you go and you, you ask them or you read what they've written. Uh, you find them, um, learn from them, try to model yourself after them. Uh, I'm taking a tennis class this semester, trying to improve my tennis game a little bit and have a little fun out there. We, we still haven't gotten like really on the court yet. Once I get out there, I'm going to be looking and be like, all right, who's got a good game out here, right? Um, and then I'm going to be watching, why do my serves always go down into the net and what are they doing differently? And, and find someone who, who's got a good game and, and, and try to learn from them, right? Or if you're in a class and you're looking for a study partner, you're looking for someone who seems to be a really good student, who's doing impressively well in their other classes, maybe impressively well in this subject, or better, you'll go talk to a professor or whatever to, to learn from them, right? So, so it seems like a good idea. If you want to learn something, you go to that person who's impressively competent in it and, and, and try to get things from them. Seems like that's a good idea for prayer, too, right? But then Jesus is in part telling us that if that's the way we're going at it, we're already starting off on the, on the wrong foot. Um, when Jesus is describing these that he's 
the word hypocrites for? Who's he, who's he talking about? He is talking about the impressive religious leaders of his day. These are the people who, are, you know, everyone's together. Who should we ask to pray? Okay, definitely the hypocrites, right? Uh, they're going to do a really good job. They've got a call. Definitely the Pharisees. Uh, definitely the religious, they're going to pray a great prayer that all of us can appreciate and they're going to they're do it well. These are people who are praying in the synagogues, praying on the street corners that talks about, these are people that as you hear them pray, you go, I wish I could pray like that. I wish I could have that kind of, that kind of passion in my prayer, that kind of zeal in my prayer, uh, that kind of content out to my prayer. Um, <clears throat> Jesus is describing the impressive religious leaders of the day that everyone wished that they could be like. And he's saying, your prayer needs to be not like that. Right? Not like the impressive prayers that you wish that you could model yourself after. He says in particular, not like that. And especially calls them hypocrites. They're saying one thing and doing another. Essentially what Jesus is saying about them is that they're not praying. Right? When, he, when he says, oh, they've received their reward. The reward isn't that, they're, that God's hearing their prayer and that he's answering them or this something about any relationship with God. Uh, their prayer is being answered through other people hearing them. Um, and as much as we go on and talk about things about the Pharisees, you know, the nasty Pharisees, this side or the other, I still feel pretty confident that if, if we heard the Pharisees praying today, um, we'd be like, wow, that was, that was a really good prayer. Um, I, I wish I could put things together like that. Um, and Jesus is saying, not like that. Not like that precisely because they're good at being impressive. Uh, they're good at, being, at praying well, at being impressive in prayer. And prayer, that's what Jesus is trying to teach us, is not about being impressive in any way. It's not about being impressive to others. Most of us feel, uh, still feel pretty awkward and uncomfortable with the idea of praying out loud if I suddenly like, looked around the room and said, all right, I'm going to call you know, three names. I just want you to stand up because we're talking about prayer and just, just pray for us all, right? <laughs> You're going to be like averting eyes with me, you know, and like, okay, once I pick someone else, we're like, Okay, and if it's your turn, and you, if you're one of the people who's supposed to pray, then you're not even listening while the other people are praying because you're just trying to figure out what to pray because, because we're worried about it. Uh, it makes us feel awkward. We're uncomfortable about it. <clears throat> Some of you here in the prayer fellowships are already like, um, yeah, so that's going to be a little weird, right? Uh, like, I don't know that I want to be in a context where I'm then praying with other people because what are they going to think about this? Um, sometimes if you've, if you've prayed among other people, also just felt stupid, stupid afterwards, right? You're like, huh, it didn't come out the way I wanted it to. You're like, worried about what everyone thought of you because of the way that you, you know, put things together, what words, uh, what words you mumbled over or if they, if they heard you. Um, or you've not prayed because you didn't want to look foolish. Um, uh, even when someone else has, has prayed and, and prayed well, you, you kind of think to yourself, I wish I could pray like that. Um, in, in all these different contexts that we get uncomfortable in prayer and why do we get uncomfortable? Because we're concerned with how it impresses other people. What things we say uh, have, what, what impression they make on, on anyone else. Um, and if, if all of this is but, but if, we find, if we find certain things about prayer impressive, certain things that we think are, are good in prayer or well done in prayer, how can Jesus say not like that? Right? And that's what Jesus is saying about this, not like that. Well, why? 
And Jesus is uh, honing us in on the central, uh, the core issue of it by, by calling them hypocrites. Because in our praying, if we're concerned with others, or in our not praying because we're concerned with the impression we make on, on others, uh, the, the issue he's pointing at is, is at root hypocrites. <clears throat> These religious leaders that they pray on the street corners, they're fakes. They're their prayer sounds like they're, they're actors. They're, they're saying one thing, but they're doing, doing another. Uh, they're expressing one set of values and one set of beliefs, but doing, doing the opposite, exact opposite. To, to make it more clear, maybe put it this way, uh, if you will, that, that prayer is Godward. Prayer is something that we're directing um, not to one another, praying uh, beyond ourselves, uh, expressing ourselves beyond ourselves. It's Godward. It's, it's directed toward God. And what they're doing is, is manward. Um, it's for other people to hear. They're, they're acting as if it's, uh, if it's this way. they're acting as if it's vertical. They're acting as if it's vertical, but all their concern is horizontal. They're saying vertical things for horizontal purposes. They're saying things as if they're to God, but it's really uh, to get other people to be impressed by it for how other people think about it. Um, at the street corners, to be seen by others. Uh, Jesus is saying that everything about it is false. It's hypocrite. It's, it's, it's fake. It's uh, expressing one belief but doing the exact opposite. Um, Jesus says they're looking for approval from others, and, and well, Jesus is pretty straightforward about it. They're looking for approval for others, and, and that's, that's all they'll get. Um, other people will think they're great. That's the reward that they'll get. Uh, but not one of relationship with God. Uh, they're not really talking to God, looking uh, for anything from them. What they're looking for is looking for approval from others. That's what we'll get. Now, we don't really think of ourselves as, as hypocrites, uh, right? That's the weird, nasty Pharisee people. Um, I mean, I've I got to say, and I commend you, I haven't seen any of you standing on the street corner at the Union praying aloud with uh, great religious vocabulary for others to be impressed by you, right? That's, uh, that's the last thing uh, that you want to do. Um, Jesus, as he teaches us about prayer, um, says is saying this because he recognizes that, that we have a tendency to be like that. Um, if Jesus has given us a warning, I think it's because we, we need that warning. Jesus is saying, when you pray, be careful that you're not like, that you're not like these hypocrites. Um, I, whenever you worry about whatever, what other people think of your prayer, um, that's leaning toward hypocrisy. Um, you, you're, whenever the horizontal, what other people think horizontally matters about what's supposed to be uh, Godward vertically, then, then other things are kind of interfering. Um, uh, I don't really love the movie Oliver Twist, but it comes to mind uh, in this moment. There are some funny things that I enjoy from that moment. And here's, here's one scene that I particularly enjoy from, uh, from the movie Oliver Twist, like all, you know, all these uh, orphan boys or whatever, and they're at this table, and they finally have uh, some food, and they're all gathered around to eat. And they're figuring out who's going to pray, right? And they say, this one kid, he has to pray. So everyone bows their head, and he bows his head. And what you hear is, amen. Other people are like, pick their head up, and they're like, what was that? You didn't pray. We couldn't even hear you. Uh, and the little boy's response is just plain and simple, wasn't talking to you. Right? And it's beautiful. Um, listen, that boy, that little boy, or that character in the, in the movie needs to be our model when we come to pray. Um, if you're not impressed with what I say when I'm talking with God, I wasn't talking to you. Um, sorry that you don't think it's good of me that I didn't do enough to impress you. I, I'm not trying to impress you. Uh, that is 
I couldn't have that. If I was a little boy, you know, like, okay, turn my head down like someone else needs to pray, then I can't, can't do this because we, we have all those fears with them. Um, who are we talking to? Who are we uh, looking for? Um, or, you know, take the, take the example, just for fun, of, uh, of, uh, of praying before you eat in public, right? Sit down at a restaurant with some other friends, uh, maybe folks in Aria, maybe folks you know from campus, maybe they're Christians, maybe you're not, and then there's, there's just that little, like, awkward time, everyone's food's gotten there, and it's like, are we going to pray or, or are we going to eat? Looks like other people are thinking someone should pray. No one's picking up their food yet. I wonder who's going to pray, right? And like, like all this kind of weird things. What, what are you going to do there? Um, right, I, I'm of the opinion, uh, if you care, that you can that you can pray publicly or you can not. It's really not a big deal. Scripture simply mandates that you should be thankful for the things that God gives you and thankful for uh, the food that you have. Um, but, but why do we get all uncomfortable with that? Because we're we're worried about the impression that it's going to make. I can. You have all these little like different things that people do. I don't even know what these are. Like people like start pointing their thumbs up, which means like someone else has to pray instead of them. And I don't know where that comes from or what's what it's about, but it's it's we're, somehow we're afraid of praying for other people and, and expressing ourselves. Like if you don't want to pray, just, just don't pray. Um, be thankful uh, to God for things. Um, does it make you worried if you're in a restaurant out somewhere? Like, are you worried about what impression you're going to make? on one another, on other people in the restaurant. I've even heard people like use, use this to encourage praying publicly. Said, listen, when a group of believers are together and they're in a restaurant and they stop and they, they pray with one another, that's, that's a witness, right, to all the other people that are around them and they, they see that, that's a, that's a witness of their faith and their devotion to God. All right, I'm like, maybe so. I'm sure God uses that in some good ways sometimes and awkward ways uh, other times, but... But if that has anything to do with why we're praying, we're missing it. It's not prayer, right? <clears throat> I'm just looking at the cow over the fence on I-10 and be like, dog, hey, dog. Uh, it's, it's not prayer. Um, it has nothing to do with what, how, whether we pray or how we pray. Um, uh, even say this, Jesus says, uh, Jesus says, you know, go, don't be out in the street corner, be, uh, go and pray in secret. Um, th- that's great. It's a place where you can just not be uh, concerned about what others are thinking because you're not around other people and no one else can be impressed or, or know that you're there. Um, and it doesn't mean that you can only pray when you're in your prayer closet, uh, you know, in secret. Um, the, the, the Lord's Prayer, all the things are, they're plural things that we're expressing together and communally. Uh, that can be good. Um, there's, there's even, maybe none of you have this problem, but uh, I, I probably find myself just to be overly narcissistic. And, and the person that I'm most often concerned to impress is, is myself. Like, y'all matter, but, but I really want to think that I'm great. I will think I'm great a little bit if y'all think I'm great, but particularly if I think I'm great. Um, and uh, so if I don't like the things that I'm thinking when I'm praying, then I just kind of expect that, uh, that God's not interested. Or if I, if I do like the things that I'm saying when I'm praying, I think God probably really hears me right now, right? Um, and, and it's this weird thing where somehow it's because I'm impressing myself with my own... Yeah, okay, I'm narcissistic. <laughs> Jesus says, not like that. It's not about impressing someone. Not about impressing yourself, not about impressing other people. Um, 
if you look a little bit more in the context of the passage, this is uh, all in the Sermon on the Mount, even the very beginning of, uh, of chapter 6, the warning that Jesus gives is, is this, beware of practicing your, practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. And prayer is one of the examples that he gives of this practicing righteousness before others. Um, it's all about being better than other people. What he's saying is that when we're praying, when we're concerned with all this and praying, what we're concerned about is, is better other than other people. Uh, or at least being, uh, being good in other people's eyes, being justified in their eyes. Uh, and you know, we get confused and we look at the cow and we say, dog. Because we figure out that if other people uh, think that we're good, God must too. Right? If, if other people think that, that my prayers are, are valuable and I'm religious when I, when I pray and spiritually minded, then that must be what God thinks. Or if other people think, man, what were they even talking about? And then God must not have had any regard for it. Uh, we're, we're basing it on, on what our righteousness looks like before other people. Um, our, our prayer is good because of our righteousness. And that, that works when we're, when we're better than the other people that are hearing it, Right? As long as you're better than the other people that are praying, you can pray better, sound more spiritual, use more religious vocabulary, scriptures quoted off your lips as you pray with, with passion. And everyone's like, oh, right? It kind of works for you. Um, but if, if you're not better than the other people, then it doesn't really work out so much for you, right? Um, and so if prayer becomes not horizontal but vertical the way it's supposed to be, how's that, how's that righteousness going, right? Um, God, look how my, my praying is even better than, than what, better than you? Um, that, we, we have no righteousness before God. There, there's nothing that we can say, hey, God, look, look how great I am. Look here, I am doing all this before you. Uh, it's easier, I think, for us to pray before others because we don't have to be confronted with the fact that we're, we don't have something good about us that's making God uh, like all of it. Um, right, Romans 3 uh, talks about it that, that before God every mouth may be stopped uh, because no one's without sin Everyone's, every mouth may be stopped we have nothing to say uh, as an excuse held accountable to God it says by uh, human works no human being will be justified in his sight no human being will be looked at as, as, as righteous from the things that they, they've done right? our righteousness isn't something that we do before other people the way Scripture says that our, our only righteousness is Jesus. Now, that Jesus is the only one who's done everything right. He's the only one who has some merit before God to be heard, that he can, he can plead before God in. Our only righteousness before God is Jesus in our place. It's His death covering over our sin. It's His blood covering over our attempts at, at praying well over our like pretended righteousness that we're putting up before other people, that we need Jesus to die so that God could love us, so that God could hear us, uh, that he would be our substitute, that he would take the blame uh, for our self-righteous, hypocritical prayers. Uh, and Jesus is heard because of his righteousness. And Jesus says that we get to come to his Father, to our Father, through him. And we're heard through him. Hebrews talks about it as him as our priest, our high priest, and saying having such a, such a great high priest, it says let us come boldly, come boldly before the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and, and find grace in our time of need. Not because anything righteous in us, but the righteous in the one who has gone before us, salvation for us. Prayer, Jesus is trying to make abundantly clear to us, 
is not like the Pharisees. It's not like the hypocrites. Prayer is not to impress others. Uh, it's humbly in Jesus to be heard. So then maybe we think, well, if it's not to, you know, all the issues, of if it's not to impress other people, then what are we doing in prayer? Well, not to impress other people, prayer is probably to impress God, right? Prayer, prayer is to do this vertical Godward thing. So as we pray, we're, we're coming to try to impress God. Um, and Jesus is helping us recognize that the, the orange and blue is not Seminoles, right? It's not supposed to say Seminoles if someone says they're from you know, Tallahassee. Um, we need to know what prayer is not. Prayer is not to, to impress God. Uh, and it's maybe it's the first example warns us of something of the character in prayer, that you're not to be like the hypocrites. The, and the second example, it's warning against our method in prayer. Uh, don't do like the, uh, like the Gentiles uh, do. Right? Even when we seek to be God, where the, the tendency that we have, uh, there's a tendency that we have that, that's not prayer. Um, we want to make God impressed with us in our praying. Uh, you, you notice the way that you talk differently and act differently, like depending on who you're around. Um, there's one way you're having your FSU, and, and the exact same way whenever you're at home with your parents or, or, with your, or when you're talking to your grandmother or, or something, right? Like, you just have this very nice, like, respectful voice, probably talking a little bit louder so that she can hear you well, right? You know, and you're just, you're, you're, you're um, uh, you're talking to kids, you're using a fun voice and putting on a smile with different things. Uh, if you have to go to your professor uh, after class and you got your grade back and it wasn't so hot, you're, you're going to talk in whatever way you think that a, that a studious uh, person would, would be talking with their professor, right? There's going to be a lot of respect, a little bit of you know, submission and apology for not having done as well, but you definitely put forth every, you know, try to bring out like uh, your, your best vocabulary, you know, for, for this guy, like you, you want to make the right impression there. Right? You're talking to your friends, more slang, casual, you're trying to sound cool, you're trying to sound witty, or whatever. Why do we do all that? Right? Because we, we want to impress the people that we talk to. We want to sound the way that fits in so they're like us. And, and our tendency is to do the same thing when we talk to God. Right? I'm going to I want to impress God in the way that I, that I speak, so I'm going to put on my sober religious contemplative voice that I will pray with before God, right? Or, or maybe it needs to be your just intensely devout and passionate voice for, for things that God will do, or your, or your just spiritually enthusiastic voice for the, the mighty things that you've seen, right? You kind of, we kind of have these different ways that we talk. You start to adopt a more like religious vocabulary, try to say words from the Bible and string it together in ways that like, sort of kind of you know, make sense and find yourself saying things like, in your righteousness, smite your enemies and you know, grant victory to your servants of faith and purity, and you're like, I don't really know what I just said, but I, but I think that was a good prayer, right? <laughs> well, we go in those ways. Um, and there's places where I've heard people still, uh, still trying to use like these and vows in prayer, right? And, and I'm sure there was, a, there was a time when that was just still the more respectful way to speak rather than colloquial, and they want to express respect as you're praying to uh, someone who we should be uh, respecting. But, uh, but, but, but kind of like today, that just... <laughs> It just doesn't sound like talking. It's not communicating uh, uh, very well. Why, why, are we, why are we doing that? Uh, or why do we adopt all these different voices? It doesn't sound like talking to God or communicating. It sounds like trying to impress God. I've got to put on this right and inflection and, and desire my voice or speed in the cadence of the things that I say uh, because I want to impress God that I'm really devoted to Him. 
And Jesus says, not like that. We look at that and we go, prayer. She's saying, no, no, that's, that's not prayer. Now, that's heaping up empty phrases. Um, it's not prayer. Don't heap up g- empty phrases that the Gentile do, for they think they will be heard for their many words, uh, he says. But we can get caught up in the way that we pray, thinking that it's all about method. How about the things that we say? Uh, pagan religions pray, but they focus on the, on the method of, of what we do in prayer. That we have to, we've got to do something to get God's attention. Right, God's up there, he's got bigger affairs in the world, things that he's dealing with. Uh, if we want him to hear him, we, we've got to do things uh, just right. Call him in the right way, at the right time, and with the right words, and then like maybe he'll listen. Uh, there, was, there was no confidence to be heard. It was just a, it was a need to, to be able to impress God somehow. Um, sacrifices are often uh, in, the, in the context of prayer to impress God and be heard by him. Pagan sacrifices are often from that perspective. They were, they were giving up good stuff. You're, you're burning uh, you know, the sacrifices for the, for the smoke and the smell to go up and kind of get God's attention. Maybe he'll like that we've given up something, given it to him, and then so he'll listen to it. And, and where that... Where does that lead? You see things in Scripture from, from pagan uh, religions back in the Old Testament times and stuff that, um, that God's people got caught, caught up in as well. There's, there's never any confidence that God hears. We're doing this, we're bringing that, but, but, is, but is God really here? Uh, it even gets to the point where in some of the religions it's, it's child sacrifice, right? Here's, here's my firstborn child, um, and they've been killed and offered up to you. That's got to impress you. I've given up so much, there's got to be some way now that I've certainly got your attention that you would hear, that you would do something. Surely now is God is impressed. The Bible very clearly and repeatedly saying, it's not like that. It's not what is impressing God. Listen, um, we want to talk about in terms of sacrifice. Yes, we've, we've got a sacrifice that's gotten God's attention, that he's given himself for us. Jesus is the sacrifice for us, and he's, he's impressed God. He's impressed God for us. And we don't have to impress God anymore. He uh, lived in perfect righteousness. He was raised from the dead. Scripture says it wasn't possible for him to be held by it. He should be vindicated in his righteousness. Uh, vindicated in the resurrection. Um, exalted to God's right hand. So that we come uh, in prayer through his sacrifice and only through his sacrifice. And we can come confidently in prayer because Jesus has impressed God. He's impressed God so that we don't have to. We can't add anything to it. There's no need to try to impress God on our own. Otherwise, it's saying, you know, Jesus isn't enough, or Jesus isn't the, the, the impression that I want to make. I want to make my own impression on you, that you hear me for my sake, and we're without a Savior. Um, we need to watch out for trying to impress God. That's a tendency, and Jesus says that's, that's not prayer. Uh, Jesus says we should not be praying uh, like the like the pagans. Uh, maybe other instances of that today might be uh, uh, I don't know things like a prayer maze. Or some guys are talking about like talking to the university, different things that we could get to you know, have them put. They've got a new pr- uh, prayer meditation room on campus. Hey, it's a great place to to go. Um, they're talking about maybe they could have like a prayer maze. You know, you have to like walk through this thing and you're. You probably get stuck in there until you're like praying for God to give you some way out. You know, I don't know how it's supposed to work. Um, but uh, just like it doesn't seem to be what we're, how, how Scripture talks about, uh, talks about prayer. Um, uh, not certainly wrong, but it's, it's, it's not impressive for us to do that. We're, we're like yoga-like meditation and things. You want to 
sit and be quiet for a while and you pray and meditate. That's, that's great. It's not, it's not wrong, but it's not impressive. Um, I think we're often looking for some way to be impressive as we pray or while we pray. Uh, those aren't reasons that we're heard. Um, she says that, talks about their empty phrases or it can even be translated babbling. It's not about the particular words that you use. Um, we're not heard because of our passion. We're not heard because of our zeal. Uh, the particular things we say, repeating prayers that we don't know the, the meaning of. And sometimes we end up using the Lord's Prayer that way. It's great to pray the Lord's Prayer together. That's one of the ways that it's given for it. But if we're just saying, kind of thinking, okay, I'm saying these right words, so God's going to do something because of this. That's not, it's not prayer. Uh, Catholic traditions of like saying the Hail Mary or going through the road, praying through the rosary. Um, it, it, it's, it's this kind of thing that Jesus is saying. It's, it's not prayer. Uh, he, he said this it's in particular because you think that they will be heard because of their many words, heard for their many words. We're not, we're not heard for, for how long we pray, uh, for how many words uh, we use. Um, not heard because of having an all-night prayer meeting. You want to pray all night, that's great. Pray all night because you want to be talking to God all night. Because there's things that you still want to be pleading with Him about. Um, we're not heard because we prayed all night. We don't get focused on the method of it. Um, a popular thing for, uh, I don't know, the last decade or so is 24-7 prayer, right? How are we going to do 24-7 uh, prayer this week? And uh, I've said other times, I'm just generally against uh, 24-7 prayer. If you want to pray every day of the week and have people pray in all hours of every day of the week, that's great. Go for that. Pray. Um, but uh, it's not wrong that people pray all the time. But it, but it seems like, let's go like, why are we doing that? Why are we saying, okay, 24-7 prayer? Um, like either we're trying to impress other people we're trying to impress ourselves, like, look, we're doing a pretty good thing here. We're praying all, we're going to get all these slots built so we can say that we prayed all week long and every hour of the day. Now we've done something. We're trying to impress God. God, every hour of the day for all of these things, uh, we've, we've been praying, so now, now you've got to answer us. All right? Um, listen, being part of that is not wrong. I love praying. I love believers getting together to pray. I'm pretty excited at the different times and occasions that people are getting 24-7 prayer together. I'm just going, why are we talking about that way? Because um, that's leading us toward a whole different view of things that Jesus is saying that's, that's not prayer. We're not heard for our, for our many words. Um, we need to get away from focusing on the method. I know some of you are thinking, all right, all right, you're saying whatever, 27-4-7 prayer. Last week you are saying shameless persistence, right? Jesus is saying if you just keep coming and keep praying to God, constantly asking him, if you're still pushing the doorbell, ringing at the middle of the night and saying, I need this help, right? Um, all right, the, the crux of the matter in prayer is what? It's faith. Well, on, what is, on what are we relying as we're, as we're coming before God? What do you, what do you trust in them? Um, it's not being shamelessly persistent because now having been there this long, God better do something for me. He has to now. I've got him in a headlock and I can force him to do what I, what I want. Um, readily, so we should be shamelessly persistent in coming before God because we trust God. Because he's the only one that we can come to. Because his character is such that these things we're asking, he's the, he's the one that can do something about it. Because we need him. Because we're looking at him this character of doing what's right. Jesus says, you know, don't, don't be like them with the empty phrases because the Father already knows. 
not like having to convince God of something or get him to know these things. Uh, your father already knows uh, what you need before you ask him. Prayer's about trusting him, coming to him because he's the one from whom we need the things we're asking for. Coming to him because he's the one that we love, the one that we trust in, because he's our God. We want to speak to him, and he delights in you speaking to him and you asking him for what you need and trusting him and communicating with him. That's what prayer is about. It's not to impress God. Prayer is an expression of faith, expression of trust in God. It's an expression of faith uh, because of Jesus. Jesus has given us a, a couple examples uh, of or warnings that instead are focusing on ourselves, right? focusing on, on what we can do, pressing other people and pressing God. Uh, prayer should be focused on who God is, what God does, what God can do, what God has already done for us in Jesus to restore us to himself, to cover over our sin and bring us into a relationship with him where Christ is king over everything and making all things right and new and ruling the universe and working in people's lives and working in your life and using you to work in other people's lives. We're focusing on God and who he is and what he's done in Jesus and is doing in us um, so that we can speak to God within a relationship of love and a relationship of acceptance from God enough comfort uh, to be able to say what we need uh, before him. Prayer, to understand what it is, if we're going to understand prayer, we need to understand what it's not. And Jesus has shown us in this passage that prayer is not about impressing anyone. Uh, it's not about impressing others. It's not about impressing God. It's not about impressing anyone. Prayer is about expressing uh, yourself to God because you trust in him and want to come to him and talk with him because he delights in hearing you and answering you and loving you. Jesus wants us to know what prayer is and goes on to teach us that, that we would express ourselves to him without all the other words, without all the other things that we think are prayer. And he says are not 